Hello everyone, this is Sharon Feeler with ABC to CEO, and thank you for joining us today. Um, I have with us a very special guest, Tracy Brophy Warson, and Tracy has an amazing career, and I think she is going to have a lot of interesting things to tell us about what she did in her career and advice she might have for other people. So welcome, Tracy. Thank you, Sharon. I'm happy to be here. So uh, I know you are now, quote, post-career, maybe six months ago or so, but uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about your career, kind of the highlights of it, and some of the things that, from your mind, kind of stand out that you'd like to share with us. Sure, I'd love to. Uh, well, I was in financial services for 36 years, long time. That is a long time. Um, growing up, I never thought I was going to be a banker. Uh, <laughs> And I kind of wanted to do the State Department or something like that, and I ended up, um, my first job was with a Japanese trust company in Los Angeles in the mid-80s. Um, and from there, uh, I ended up really enjoying my career in, in banking and finance. Um, most recently, I was at Citi for the past 10 years, and five of those past years were in New York City, whereas most of my career was on the West Coast. Okay. And um, I was running the uh, private bank for Citi in North America. I was the first woman in 200 years of Citi. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you to ever have that job. So there was just a wee bit of pressure, um, but uh, we did really well, uh, really grew the business and had a great team. We, there still is a great team there. And um, it was a challenge, but uh, amazing. So I think um, mostly I've been at three different companies in my career, but every time I made a change, I learned new things, and I really grew a lot. And I think at City most recently, that was one of my favorite times. You know, it was really great growing a business together post-financial crisis and oh, yes. building something special. Right. And, and then the other thing I'm really proud of is in, throughout my career, I've tried to really support women. And um, through diversity committees and diversity and inclusion work. And at City, I was the co chair of City Women. And that was our global strategy uh, to support women, um, to hire them, recruit them, develop them, retain them, uh, and bring them up in the organization. And was really proud of that work. I did that the past four years. Wow, that was an so, important role. Yeah. So did you see changes because of this organization? I did. And that's actually what made me realize it was okay to move on because I was always trying to champion real progress. And I, it, we didn't see a lot of progress, right, in the past 25, 35 years. But yet, in the past few years at City, we did, and I think part of our breakthrough was the co-chair of City Women was a man, and we really um, had male advocacy that helped um, promote, you know, and and really champion change. So some of the things that we did is we um, did a pay equity study, and then we made it right where we had gaps. Mm -hmm. We did uh, representation goal setting. We had more scrutiny around who was promoted and why. We um, signed the Women Empowerment Principles of the United Nations, which I was very proud to go to the United Nations to present that. Wow, and what an accomplishment. It was really important. And all it was was principles, you know. Right. And, but you had to have the CEO sign up for that. Endorse it. On, you know, on yeah. behalf of a global company. Uh, we signed the UK Women in Finance Charter. 
we just I, I just felt that there was sincere effort around change and getting more equal representation, you know, in the right. top levels of the company. And um, so that allowed me, I think, to finally say, okay, you know, my work here is done and now I'm going to go do other things. But I always really was um, conscious of that I had to succeed as a business leader. That was the most important thing because I wanted to prove that women can run businesses. We don't just run you know, marketing or communications, or we can run a P&L. The whole thing. Yeah, right. and, and do it very well. Right. And, and you bring up P&L. I am just such an advocate of more women need to be aware of yeah. how important P&L is for your career if you want to keep moving up the ladder. Yeah. You, you have to have that kind of responsibility mm-hmm. if your company offers those opportunities. Yeah, no question. And for whatever reason, I think women tend to pursue other areas maybe because you know they're that's just what their major was in college or whatever but I think if we challenge ourselves to run businesses with either you know run our own company or run the businesses within these big companies that is a better path to becoming a CEO no question so at a young age was it important for you to become successful was this something that when you were in high school or maybe even younger than that that you thought about what it's like to have a career someday and and you wanted to be successful was that in the back of your mind all the time yeah I think well I had a defining moment you know I was in junior high and my parents did not grow up with a lot of money and um, my dad worked really hard he had four jobs initially and anyway so my mother was very frugal and I have a sister who's four years older than I am. I have a brother in the middle. But uh, my mom always wanted me to wear the hand-me-downs of my sister. Mm-hmm. And my sister and I are very different people. <laughs> so what and she had, you didn't necessarily want. <laughs> exactly. And and I would be embarrassed sometimes at school. And um, and it was it just bothered me, but I couldn't really express that to my mother. And... I remember very distinctly still walking into a department store with my mom because she'd occasionally buy me a new piece of clothing, but it'd be like one piece of clothing. Right. But I had a moment where I said to myself, someday I'm going to walk into a store and buy anything I want and not even look at the price. Oh. It was just a moment of I needed to know that I would have financial independence and that if I raised daughters and sons, of course, that they would never have those moments of embarrassment or humiliation. Interesting. So I probably overdid it with my daughter. She so you've got two daughters. I do, yeah. And you did not make the younger one wear the clothes of the older one, I take it. Not really. I think when they were really young, I did. Sure. Well, she didn't, didn't know better. <laughs> yeah. No, I tried to honor their individuality Yes. Uh, very much. But I probably went a little bit over the top. But I... I'm such a believer in having young women think about the value of financial independence, right? Because then you have choices, yes. and you're never trapped, and right. you can always go do something else. Yes. So that's kind of what went, went through my mind. And so my two guiding principles when I was you know, re- just starting adulthood were financial independence and being a great mom. Like I had this vision I wanted to be a mom and be a really good one. So that, that's kind of what guided me. But I, and I suspect both of them have been successful. 
Well, I we know the I John so. has, and I think you've got. <laughs> I understand two wonderful children, yeah. daughters. Yeah, they're really great, and I think, you know, we get so many messages uh, as working women about you know the potential to be a bad mom or something, and I think as long as you're unwaveringly committed, you know, to your children, and they know that, and then you can do it. And it's mm-hmm. not always perfect, and you have to have figure out ways to have support depending on your economic means, but or, or have family support. Um, but yeah, it wasn't always easy, but uh, they never questioned my commitment. Well, that's really wonderful. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about high school. Did you have any experiences in high school that uh, you felt were kind of shaping who you would become someday? Uh, I played sports, so okay. I think that is important for young women. Mm-hmm. I, you know, in what way? Well, I think it builds confidence. I think it teaches you how to uh, be on a team. I think it teaches you it's okay and it's actually really fun to win. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, it teaches you to be competitive, and and it also keeps you fit and um, and healthy. So you're not as wrapped up in petty things you're kind of distracted by mm-hmm. you know sports and th- that helped me quite a bit and we really encouraged uh, my daughters Allie and Kendall to do sports and I think it helped them a lot for building confidence and as you said being part of a team yeah and yeah, yeah just not worried about the how I look all the time or right. petty things it was makes you a bit tougher I think yeah that, which is a good thing as you uh, proceed with careers yes <laughs> So what about college? Were there anything in college? What did you major in? Uh, well, that's an interesting story. So I was going to major in French, and my dad did not like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> so he told me I had to get a ma- major in business administration as well as French, okay. so I had a dual major. But I wanted to speak a foreign language. And so probably one of the most exciting things I did in college was um, my senior year I studied in France. Oh, nice. And it was a program that didn't even exist. And so this is a kind of lesson, I think, for everybody. Um, I met with the Department of Language, um, of Foreign Language, and we talked about it. And that was, I think, my sophomore year in college. And he said, you're not serious enough, not a serious enough student for us to create a program for you. So then I got really serious. Right. You did not want to get proved wrong here. Exactly. And so we um, did a one-on-one exchange with a school in France in Tours, at the Université de Tours. And a student from there came to the University of Minnesota, and I went to Tours for a year. And and I I translated all the documents for the uh, dean and the head of school before because I didn't want to go back. I had grown out of it, and I wanted to be done. But I had to prove that I had met all the academic criteria. But that was a very, um, you know, I had never been outside of the country, which is probably mind-blowing for a lot of your young women that listen, because today is such a different world. It is, but there are still a lot of people who don't get those kind of experiences, yeah. particularly to live in a foreign country, yeah. you know, before they start their career. So, yeah. But I've talked to a number of people who either through some college program or even high school programs have done some international kind of programs and they all speak highly of it yeah and if one doesn't exist at someone's school think about creating one or negotiating for one somehow because it's all possible yeah these are great things that can lead be helpful in your career also 
Yeah, absolutely. And and this was different than me being with 30 students that all went to France together. Right. You know, this is just me. You. <laughs> this other woman going to, you know, the States. And it changed my life because it opened up a whole new world for me. Right. I had to learn French because it was completely French school. I had a bike and I lived in a dorm and my life was very simple and I loved it. And it was a commuter school. So on the weekends, the French students... They were so kind to me. They would invite me to their little, you know, their villages where they lived, and I would meet right. their families. And so do you think doing this um, impacted how you handled your career? I think so. I think it opened the world up to me that there's so much possibility. I think learning, you know, foreign language is really a great right. thing to it do. Is. It is a great I thing. I wish I'd learned Spanish, too, but... I can still do that, right? There's still That's time. Right. That's right. You now have extra time. Yeah, I do. So no excuse. So what about if, as you look back on what was a very successful career, if you could change something, but maybe still end up where you did, you know, in the end, is there some path you took that you would do differently? Is there some things that, you know, as you look back on things that, hmm... If I'm advising somebody today, I might have them do A and B instead of C and D. Yeah. Well, I kind of regret that I didn't go to a different college because I was accepted in McAllister and some other in Carleton and other colleges in Minnesota, but my parents wouldn't support that. They would. They said University of Minnesota is fine. Right. And I think the only that's probably my only regret in life, believe mm. it or not. And I think it's not so much about the quality of the academic experience. It's more about the network of people that I think I would have met. You know, more right. like-minded women. And um, so I that was a regret. Although I never got an MBA. You know, I didn't go to an Ivy League school, and I still had a tremendous career. That's right. Um, so that was one thing. I think outside of that, I, I think, again, I don't have any regrets. I did take some risks, and those always paid off, even though they were scary. Well, give us an example of one. Uh, well, I was at Wells Fargo for 19 years. And I left um, to go to U.S. Trust. Oh, yeah, that was a big move. Yeah, it was a big move. Everyone thought I would be on that stagecoach forever, and that didn't happen. Um, but one big learning there was how to negotiate, right? So I was, I, I was not looking for a new uh, job, and I was pretty happy where I was. I was considered like in the top ten of next, going to get that next job, but I never saw movement, you know, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it was. A lot of people that looked alike up there, and <laughs> I wasn't, you know, um, one of them. So I was a bit ambivalent at first, and that made them recruit harder and harder and made the offer get more compelling. And we as women are not often very good negotiators for ourselves. I hate to say it. But because I was kind of uh, neutral, I wasn't sure I wanted to take that risk and leave all the goodwill I had created at was once a very good company and um but I just kept kind of you know wasn't sure and then finally they made me an offer I couldn't refuse but it was partly because you kept saying no I need this or and and you pushed the envelope I did and yeah. they came through and so that ended up being an interesting experience because I thought I was joining a wealth management boutique and four months into it we were bought by Bank of America so completely changed everything. 
it was the most difficult time in my career. But again, I don't think we should regret those moments because that's when you really grow it and is. develop. Right. You know? The difficulties, the unexpected. Yeah. So you've worked with a lot of women. What do you see as some of the pitfalls that women, particularly younger women maybe, um, that they make? What are things you would say, boy, if women would do this, they'd have a better chance of moving ahead? Uh, number one, use your voice. You know, speak up. I see women really be tentative about contributing in a meeting or speaking up. Mm -hmm. I see them not sit at the table. If there's a big team meeting and there's a conference table and then there's chairs in the periphery, they'll sit in the chairs in the periphery. Yes. Sit at the table. Yeah, take a seat. Take a seat and speak up. And, you know, I think ultimately you have to outperform. I mean, that's how you stand out. But then you have to take credit for that. And you can do it in constructive ways, um, but you have to, you know, really speak up for yourself. Right. And I think you're negotiating with, yeah, with the U.S. Trust, US Trust mm-hmm. was an example of that. You were taking, mm-hmm. speaking up for yourself yeah. and taking some risks that maybe this wasn't going to work, but your negotiation skills paid off. Yeah. And I've, I've seen, I've literally been in meetings where... Um, the meeting will be opened and 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 it's a young woman, maybe an analyst that just started, and I talked to her after, I said, why didn't you announce yourself, you know? Oh, because I was told I wasn't supposed to. Oh my goodness. So I talked to her, you know, who she rolled up to and I said, let's think about this, you know, experience for this person. That's an opportunity for her to grow her confidence. And so then, you know, they all were kind of, they didn't mean to be negative, but these are moments where, you know, then she started to speak up at the mm-hmm. table. She said, this is Sue, and I'm opening this meeting, and this is what we're going to discuss. These are the five topics, and let me turn it now to Bob. And just these simple things, her confidence changed, the way she sat at the table. So getting everybody to be mindful of letting everyone have a voice, I, I think that's a big one, and we do have to be our own advocates. The other big mistake women make is if there's an opportunity, we think we have to be 100% qualified. Oh, yes. And men think if they have 20, 20% of those qualifications, good enough, I'm going for it. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, what are we afraid of? Right. Yeah, just go for it and yeah. trust yourself and learn. And Being perfect isn't necessary. Absolutely not. Yeah, being perfect is... It's not possible. <laughs> no so one is. What about for somebody just starting their career? Are there certain things they should be really attentive to early in their career, the first five years. What are the things that you think some women make mistakes with their first five years, let's say before the age of 30? Yeah. Well, I think you need to uh, stand out. So I think you go in early and you, you know, you, like I said, outperform. If there's a you know, project to be done, you do that plus, you know, what else can I do? Mm-hmm. And, and build relationships. That's so important. You know, a lot of young women ask me, well, should I go out for dinner with uh, this senior guy or something? I always say, no, just go have coffee with people. Or, or if, there's, if people are having drinks after work, it's okay to build relationships. But be mindful of how you hold yourself. And you don't have to stay long. Leave early. You know, right. I, they used to make fun of me, the guys. We did a trip to Asia once, and we were in 
you know, Hong Kong, China, and uh, where else were we? Singapore in five days. And Busy every, trip. And this was, you know, like 12 people, all of them guys and me. And, and they were all my age or older. And I, they, every night they would have dinner and start having drinks. And every night I'd say, you know, great, well, I'm going to go call my kids or something. <laughs> I'd have some excuse. But by the third night, they knew I just wasn't going to stay, you know? Right. So I think, and it's not like we can't have fun. And right. If there were more women, it may have been a different dynamic. But you don't have to act like all the guys are acting. You should. Yes. You can still be a woman and be your own person, yep. but still be a team player. Yes. Participate, but it doesn't have to look exactly the same way. Right. And the other big thing I would say, too, is humor and warmth. Ah. So this is something I learned, and this was another defining moment for me, um, where I had media training once, years and years ago. And I always looked young when I started my career, and I, so I was always serious, because I wanted to be taken seriously, <laughs> you know, kind of jaw and everything. And I had this training with this woman, and she videotaped me, and she said, I want you to tell me a funny story or a joke or something. Right. And so I told her a funny story and she played it back to me. And she said, do you think you looked any less intelligent? And it was just a breakthrough for me. So I realized I could be warm. I could be myself. I could be funny. And people want to be around people they want to be around. Exactly. Right? That are relatable. Right. And if you're just serious all the time, where's your humanity? Where's your authenticity? You know, so... That changed everything for me. And I always... To um, know you could be you. Yeah. Just be yourself. Yes. And be warm with other right. you know, people that I was working with. And, and, not, and, and I think a lot of men are warm too. And, but, and, and have humor. and it, it, That's really important. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of young people often don't aren't comfortable with that because they think they might not be taken seriously. Interesting. And, and you That's can't be good. goofy, you know. Right, right. Fine. There is a difference. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Smiling. What about adults that are in uh, the lives of young girls? Do you have advice for adults who maybe have teenage girls or even younger girls or girls, you know, any kind of age group before their career? Are there some things that adults who are present in these young women's lives should be aware of as advice to them? Well, I think encouraging them that they can be anything that they put their mind to, you know, that, that level of encouragement, whether it's a parent or a coach or, you know, you often hear about people that rise through difficult circumstances and have this amazing resiliency. It often leads back to having at least one person really believe in them mm -hmm. and be their champion. Do you think you have that? I think I did. You know, my father used to say, it's really funny, um, Tracy, you only have aces, kings, and queens in your hand. You know, if you think about poker, because yes. we all played cards in the Midwest. You know? right. And he'd always say that, you, you only have aces, kings, and queens in your hand. Oh, what a great thing. Isn't that sweet? Yeah. And, and my mom was always very strong, too, about all of us could go do and be whatever our dreams um, whatever we put our minds to and, and, and pursue our dreams. We were also taught, this is more the tough love story uh, from my father, that he was going to sell our beds when we were 18. <laughs> and, and it sounds funny, it's kind of a joke, but after you hear it like the fifth, eighth time, you know, <laughs> yeah, you, you're not going home. Right. You're, you're going to college and then you're going to go get a job and figure it out. 
So making sure kids understand that, you know, you, growing up is, is part of the plan. It's, you know, you've got to be able to make it on your own. Absolutely. And, and not uh, over, you know, kind of manage them so they don't have hurt feelings or whatever. You know, I think you go, when kids learn, when they, when they don't do well on a test or they don't make a team or they, those are the learning moments. Mm-hmm. You can't, like, protect them from, from everything. Because yeah. the world isn't like that. The world isn't like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it limits them. Well, we're almost out of time, but is there something you would like to add or talk about that um, we haven't covered yet? Is there something else? Um, Well, I think, you know, I'm just a big believer that the world's going to be a better place when we have, you know, men and women more balanced leadership teams. Mm -hmm. And so I think that ABC to CEO is a fantastic kind of... um, resource because we have to let young women know early that they can lead companies they can lead governments you know they can lead the world and I think our whole world would be a better place if we had you know more women more balance more balance and it's not taking away men it's just letting women rise Mm -hmm. because when you have diversity of experience and opinions and backgrounds you have better outcomes right so and you and I were both in the business world but you bring up government and everything else it's mm-hmm. it's it's across any kind of entity where there are leaders mm-hmm. that if we had more women in those roles it diversity is a good thing it is everybody everybody knows it intuitively but um, we have to make it happen more we will yeah we do and we will yes and I have confidence for the future that you know I think that uh, relationships will be different. I think men will help women partners in those kinds of relationships. I think it's just, it's going to get better, but I think we just need to encourage young women to be bold mm-hmm. and to just go for it. Because yeah. if you dream small, you're going to have small. If you right. dream big, you can do things that you never thought were possible. Yeah, and that's what this is all about. This is about the possibility. Mm-hmm. And hopefully young women will see that they too can be that kind of leader. Absolutely. So, well, thank you. This has been fun, and you had a great information for us. Um, we look forward to maybe talking to you again sometime. Great. So, thank you for your time. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.